get a cup of coffee in here, please? so much um, to do today. I need a lot of coffee. Um, good morning, folks. Good morning, uh, Joe Rogan fanboys coming to get me. Uh, appreciate the effort. Um, I'm guessing with two black belts, hundreds of millions of dollars, and the biggest media platform in the world, you don't feel like he's capable of defending himself from little old me all by himself welcome rogan fanboys and feel free to keep uh keep up the attack i i am actually going to be enjoying this uh good morning it's um thursday december 16th 2021 and i'm looking a little red i'm looking a little red um if you don't know what I'm talking about, and you probably don't, I can't imagine that you would. Um, the Peter McCullough, Dr. Peter McCullough, the fraud doctor who's uh, out there uh, pitching conspiracy series, the grand global conspiracy about uh, COVID-19 and how they, the elites, or corporate America, or uh, the Democrats mostly, have been... Um, purposely letting people die from COVID to encourage you to get the vaccine for nothing. Um, uh, and that was on Twitter yesterday. And I commented back and got, got dragged into a Twitter bitch fest <laughs> with the Rogan fanboys. Somebody said uh, they got, uh, this account got canceled for sharing a Rogan clip. I said, that's funny. Every other one of his fanboys and tinfoil hat wearers shared the same exact clip and didn't get banned. I'm thinking the person who claimed that that's the reason they got banned uh, did something uh, more than just uh, share that stuff. But uh, anyway, good morning, folks. Um, so then the fanboys came out in math. Now, uh, hundreds of emails to go through is why a little bit late getting started this morning hundreds of emails from fanboys direct messages on twitter uh they started uh going across every video on i had on youtube with the this is the guy that's out to get show we have to get him fucking pathetic man um and not that i'm i, I mind it because it's probably the best publicity I can afford right now. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not going to pay for publicity, but uh, I don't have to if, if uh, Rogan's fanboys are just going to uh, do this for me. So by all means, Rogan fanboys, come at me. Come at me. You realize Joe Rogan has the biggest media platform in the world. I, and this was not my intent in, in um, bringing up the fact that the person who claimed they got banned for sharing Joe uh, Rogan's uh, clip on Twitter is lying. 
fanboy, fangirl, whatever. Uh, that's not why they got banned. Because everybody's sharing. I shared the same video. <laughs> I didn't get banned. Nobody got banned for, for sharing that video. Um, but that wasn't my intent to, like, uh, see if I could pick a fight with Rogan's fanboys as a, an attempt for publicity. But here it is, and so I welcome it. Uh, and so I'm going to be dragged into this stuff, and uh, it's going to continue. I'm going to not answer them because that's what Rogan would do. He never answers comments. He doesn't even read them. <laughs> but if Joe Rogan wants to address me personally, I would definitely welcome that. He has my number, actually. Um, but I will continue pointing out what a conspiracy theory a theorist he is. Now, uh, first thing on Twitter, I get this thing. Uh, I should share this just to, because nobody would nobody would believe how pathetic this is if I don't share it. Right? Nah, they would believe. But I'm going to share it anyway. Um, Save America. Here you go. Save America is dipshit on. I don't even know this guy. Uh, and he's not one of the ones that's attacking me. It's just funny. Joe Rogan just said on his podcast, Trump was right. The deep state is real. It's 100% real. Stay alert. <laughs> that's got to be the most pathetic thing I've ever read in my life. Joe Rogan just said it on his podcast. Oh, my God. Let's print up a T-shirt. Let's put it on a billboard. America needs a, a Jim Jones. Whether it's Donald Trump or or Joe Rogan, they're gonna find their their Jim Jones, their their cult leader, and follow him to the death. Um, that's where we are, folks. This effort to get people to think for themselves is futile. It's futile, I tell you, because um, it just won't ever happen. Let me remove this shit. That's where I am today. Tomorrow, I have a guy who's going to attempt to prove tomorrow on the 1 o'clock show. guy who's going to attempt to prove to me and to you and to the world and anybody who will listen that there's proof of God and that proof is Israel. Now, that's been said before. I know my audience uh, is not going to buy it. Uh, I doubt 90% of the thinking world will buy it. Here's the thing. Faith and proof are incompatible. If you need proof of God, you're not a good Christian. I'm sorry. If you need it to be proof, you don't have faith. Let me put it that way. I shouldn't say you're not a good Christian. I don't know what a good Christian is. I don't know what a good Christian isn't. But if you need proof, you don't have faith. Faith is not needing proof. Why do you need to prove it? Well, you feel like you're being uh, forced to prove it by somebody? Nobody really is asking for proof. I mean, we all want to know. We all want to know what reality is all about, but to say uh, you can prove the existence of God by the mere fact that Israel exists. I'm going to be asking them some tough questions. Now, I posted that on Facebook, that it's upcoming. And I just started getting a, getting a little bit of, uh, no, I can't, you know, God, people. I can't, blah, blah, blah. You got to listen. You got to listen to what he has to say before you can say no. 
Listen, I plan on uh, throwing some really tough questions at him and, and seeing how he handles it. Uh, but I'm not going to dismiss him outright. I just, um, I'm going to start from the premise that if you're a person of faith and encouraging other people to have faith, you shouldn't be talking about proof. Proof is not a part of the equation in matters of faith. But we'll see how this goes. That's tomorrow at 1, 1 p.m. The guy's name is Dave Turner. Now, oddly enough, there are two Dave Turner ministries. One is an international one, and one is this guy who's going to be on tomorrow. Uh, they both have very similar messages. They both have big white beards, but they're not the same person. Kind of like easy Top. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Listen, it's Thursday. I'm just... I'm just glad I made it to Thursday. Uh, how's everybody doing? How's work? How's things? <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, not much going on for me today. I mean, there's a lot going on for me today, but not a lot for me to really uh, comment on in the news. was glad to hear from Mike Zinn yesterday. Mike Zinn's an old friend. I haven't heard from him 10, 15 years, I think. And all of a sudden, there he is calling in. The morning show. And my phone still had his number. And I, the last time I saw Mike, there, was not, there wasn't even a, such a thing as an iPhone. <laughs> Which is bizarre how his number got in my iPhone somehow. But I'm glad it did. And I'm glad I was able to recognize him and put him on yesterday. Uh, I should put the phone number up in case uh, the Joe Rogan fanboys want to call me and uh, pick a fight, harass me, uh, do what you will. Uh, argue with me about the things I was saying because uh, with this Peter McCullough thing, people were all over me. Ah, you, you, who are you to argue with a well-respected doctor on his medical analysis? I never even talked about his medical analysis. Didn't bring it up once. I was talking about his conspiracy theories. And since when does having an MD qualify you as an expert in conspiracy theories. And if you are an expert, you should have better details. You should know that you just can't put out, they, like the flat earthers do, are behind this. Then they, fucking common sense, doesn't have any uh, association with these people at all. Again, I'm so fucking tired of beating this dead horse. I did this with the fucking flat earthers. We went round and round and round on this, that there's nothing to fucking gain. You got to have some, you got to have a game. If you're going to get enemies, people who hate each other, people compete with each other and hate each other, to cooperate and keep each other's secrets, there has to be something to gain from it. There's nothing to gain from it. Oh, well, Big Pharma's making billions of dollars, not by killing 5.2 million people of their, of their steady recurring customers, they're not. They might make some money off of the COVID va uh, vaccine, but the minute they're, and 5.2 million of their recurring customers are dead, people who are spending hundreds of dollars every month 5.2 million people spending hundreds of dollars every month on Big Pharma. I think that negates whatever profit they might have saw from a COVID vaccine. So w w really, do the math. Where is the upside? What, where's, what's the gain from that? Nothing. And if there's nothing to gain, 
then your conspiracy theory is kind of silly to think that China and North Korea all and Russia and Iran and Somalia <laughs> and Kenya and the UK uh, for whatever they were. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Jamie, I'm just playing. Um, are all getting together to help Big Pharma uh, in cooperation with the United States and keeping secrets about it. Mind-blowing stupidity. But again, I think we're at a place where we need Jim Jones. We need we need Father to tell us to drink the Kool-Aid. I published a Jim Jones uh, tape the other day. Oh, look, we have a, a fanboy calling in now. Yes, is this a Joe Rogan fanboy? Hello. Hello, do I have a Joe Rogan fanboy? What? Oh, you hung up on me, you pussy. <laughs> this is the way it's going to go, folks. <laughs> oh, boy. And somebody said, you know, you're just uh, bringing up Rogan's name on Twitter so you can gain a following. Well, it hasn't worked yet. Maybe maybe the thousandth time is a, is the charm. Uh, I've been talking about Joe Rogan for quite a while because I think he's irresponsible. None, none of my tweets have resulted in booming numbers or even an increase in numbers because I'm ragging on Joe, Joe Rogan. It hasn't worked yet, but that doesn't mean it won't work this time. <laughs> but that was not my intent. I didn't do it for that. But if it happens to be a byproduct, I will welcome that completely. Let's not uh, make this all about Joe Rogan, unless the fanboys want to call up and uh, get in face to face. Well, not face to face, voice to voice, I guess. Uh... <laughs> oh, more people. Are, uh, I'm just uh, taking a second uh, because more people are attacking me here. Whoa. Oh, well. Oh, look, they got banned. I guess that comment got removed before uh, I even got a chance to read it. That's funny. Anyway, um, yeah, and so I've noticed something new on Twitter, and that is they actually warn you before you uh, create a um, potentially um, a tweet that could potentially get you banned. They give you a little warning. Are you sure you want to do this? Because this could get you in trouble. <laughs> Which is a helpful thing. They should have had that all along, I think. Um, so, interested. Um, so, somebody, a lot of uh, sex workers now. <laughs> I guess they're sex workers. Are commenting on the Jamie and uh, Carl episode. Which is interesting. Uh, maybe Carl could use some help there. Yeah, uh, send them <laughs> his way. Uh, I don't know, folks. It's one, good morning, Michael's in. I was just mentioning how it was good to hear from you yesterday. Uh, it's been it was an eventful day after the morning yesterday with the um with with the Rogan backlash. I got myself into on Twitter, and it, I'm sure it's going to carry over probably through the weekend. Uh 
TikTok will warn you uh, in DMs on language, really. Uh, it, language should not be a problem. But I guess on TikTok, because it's, it's really for younger people, maybe. And that's their rule. That's cool. Um, but, you know, if you got a problem with language in this day and age, I guess because it's Chinese and they don't allow that shit on their TV. But listen, I'm an old man. For at least 40 years, I've been hearing profanity on regular television. Not even so much cable television, I think. I mean, basically, NYPD's Blue started with profanity on broadcast television in 1990 or the late 80s. Been a while. If you can't handle profanity in this day and age, I just, the word prude comes to mind. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how else to, can't even call my best friend a bitch. Like, really? Wow. And I, and who doesn't want to call their, their best friend a bitch? <laughs> no, I mean, really, I, they have to understand, especially if it's your friends. <laughs> and you're not like, I don't know. But anyway, the, the point with the, the Rogan stuff is, the fanboys are going to come come after me now. That's cool. But the fact that here's a guy with two black belts, Taekwondo and Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, he's got hundreds of millions of dollars, at least $150 million uh, is, is net worth. He's got the biggest media platform in the universe. And he needs fanboy nobody with seven followers on Twitter. Uh, fighting his battles for him. It hurts my brain to even think that, how these guys think that, oh my God, Queen Joe is under attack. These worker drone bees. God save the Rogan. Mind blowing. This is the state of America. We need Jim Jones, man. We need our, we need our cult leader. Anyway, later on today at 1 p.m., uh, I will be having a uh, episode of the Mind Dog TV podcast. I got my mind all screwed up. I said, I think I said yesterday I didn't have one today. I do have uh, one today. It's with let me get the show uh, name right if I can. Nicole A. Tetral, Ph.D. And um, the subject is beyond the cell, the essence of self. Uh, let's see if we can look up her. Uh, um, man, I'm blind, folks. I am blind. It's morning. My eyes take a while to kind of um, acclimate to the day, I think. Let me see here. Uh, Nicole A. Traula, whatever her last name is. I got to be able to figure out how to pronounce that by the time she gets on the show today. It's like a Canadian name. She's a neuroscientist, author, meditation teacher, and speaker dedicated to providing the most promising neuroscience and medical breakthroughs uh, so uh, you live your best life. Insight into a bright, bright mind is her latest book. Uh, a neuroscientist's personal stories of unique thinking explores groundbreaking research, examining experiences of unique, creative, and intense brains through interview storytelling and literal, literary science literary science, which, uh, while activating, uh, while advocating, I'm sorry, again, the eyes, for new directions of human diversity and neurodiversity. 
cool stuff. That's at 1 p.m. today. I thought it was going to be at 8 p.m. for some reason. I have a show tonight uh, in Stony Brook. And I got my contract, and it says I need just a proof of vaccination. But I have a feeling because of this mandate, and the agents are trying to get me to go there. He figures if I go there, I'm going to do the gig. I said, am I going to have to wear a mask? Because I can't wear a mask while I'm singing. I can't wear a mask while I'm singing uh, for an hour singing through a mask. I will fucking pass out. And I don't want to get into the mask, no mask thing, you know, and the mask work. But if I'm double vaccinated anyway, and everybody in the fucking room is double vaccinated and boosted, don't ask me to fucking sing. Don't ask me to sing through a mask anyway. I will fucking just cancel the gig. And I think they're going to ask me, and it's not the facility. It's New York State's unelected governor that is going to be forcing me to wear a mask, and I'm just not going to do it, man. I'm just not going to do it. Let's not have a show. That's not the end of the world. No show. But uh, I'm not going to sit there and fucking try and sit or sing through a mask and knock myself out. And I think the agent is just lying to me. He just wants me to go there because he thinks um, once I go there and I get the get set up that I'm going to play the gig anyway. Once they tell me you have to wear a mask while you're singing, I hate to burn bridges with the agent because three of my agents died from COVID. <laughs> uh, so I don't have I don't have a whole lot of agents to spare at this point. <laughs> agents to spare. Let's see if we get a little more light in here. I don't know. Uh, that lightens the day up just a little bit. That's a little better. No, I'm still a little red, though. I'm not digging the redness. I bring the red down. I'm a little blue. We'll take the blue over the red. <laughs> it's a little silly here. Not much to say. Missing uh, some of the people. The uh, free Derek Sheen stuff, um, obviously, was done. Derek Sheen doesn't need freeing, folks. Uh, Derek is doing just fine without Twitter. Maybe I should get off Twitter. You think? Maybe I should get off Facebook. Facebook is definitely feeling like the last days of MySpace. Um, I, I, it's, I need these platforms. I don't know if I need them. I, I, maybe I got myself convinced that I need them to stream to and uh, help grow the show. Maybe I'm wrong about that, though. Maybe I got, I'm kidding myself. Maybe I don't need them. Getting a lot of late requests for December. I thought, you know, when we started December, and here here we go, I'm getting uh, um, some direct emails, uh, direct messages now from the fanboys. Oh, fuck you, man. Talking shit about Rogan. How dare you? Really? Oh, my God. Um, what the hell was I just talking about? <laughs> Beep. Senior moment. Coffee always helps. Oh, the calendar. I started December, you know, generally for the last three years or so. The calendar has been pretty full months in advance. And then I decided I was going to focus more on the morning show, not even uh, pay much attention to or put a whole lot of effort into getting guests. If I did one show a day at 1 o'clock or 8 o'clock, that was going to be enough. And so it started December 
the calendar was pretty much empty. And somehow it filled up with two shows a day plus the morning show. I can't continue to do three shows a day. I'm thinking the morning show and the evening show. I hate to give up the afternoon show completely. <laughs> I'm torn. I don't know what to do. I need I need some uh, guidance and help from, and I do have a, a call today that will give me some guidance and help. I'll be talking to Jen Nash later on today. She'll be um, interviewing me and kind of we're taping a coaching call that might be used for a later broadcast thing on uh, how it, how her um, business coaching works. Now, I didn't. I didn't volunteer for this thing. And she she um, offered it, and I I accepted. Or had her on the program, and she asked, like, what? What were my goals? Well, you know, honestly, at this point in my life, very short term goals and very um, trivial goals. My goal is to make it to the next gig. If that gig happens to be tonight, maybe not. <laughs> maybe I'd love just to soon pass on this one. But uh, the one Saturday night, I have a uh, gig I'm looking forward to. It's in a county where the county executive said, fuck the governor's uh, mandate. Don't You don't need to wear a mask here. This county is, it's a Republican county. So they're just doing it despite the unelected Democratic governor. Uh, but I'm okay <laughs> with despite in this case because I don't want to wear a mask. I'm so fucking done, with, especially while I'm playing music. I have the choice of going into a store, whether to, I want to go in that store or not. And if I do, I will wear the mask if it's mandated because I play by the rules. But when it comes to gigs, I just as soon say no if you're going to make me wear a mask while I'm singing. I'm not into that. So my goals in life... Really, with the podcasting, all I really want to do is uh, grow the audience, grow some influence where I don't want to help. I, I'm not the influence that most people think. Most people think of influence as guiding people and telling them what to think. I want my influence to be guiding people to not tell them what to think, to, to encourage them to think for themselves and not. Not be one of these people like that dude that is, Joe Rogan just said, everybody write it down, Joe Rogan just said. No, I've, uh, you know, anybody ever said, well, Matt Dabo just said, uh, and it's really important that we all uh, write it on our balls. <laughs> no, if that happens, I will probably kill myself. I don't want to ever be uh, quoted and saying, well, Matt Napo said, so it must be true. And I'm sure that I'm, I'm, that's not something I fear is uh, I have to worry about. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen. But the point is, uh, my goal here is not to encourage people to think like me. It's to encourage people to think like themselves. Uh, I've said this a million times. We all have the right to an opinion, but we all, many of us, just give it up give it up to whatever uh, media outlet we subscribe to, whatever uh, ridiculous podcaster we listen to. Uh, let their opinion be my opinion so I don't have to do any thinking for myself. Kelly says she keeps a, a, a Facebook for her family. It's all at Somebody told me, I saw somebody write this morning that uh, the most surprising thing about Twitter is the pornography. 
I have never seen any pornography on Twitter. Uh, maybe it's just me. Maybe the algorithm hasn't fi- figured out that uh, I'm not going to buy into it. I'm not clickbait for that kind of stuff. But somebody's saying the, the most surprising thing about Twitter is the pornography. Where? I haven't seen any of it. I've been on Twitter, I mean, off and on for 11, 12 years. Never saw never saw one piece of pornography on there. Um, so I don't know what she's talking about. And other people were agreeing with her. Have you? That's a, This is the question for the audience. You see a lot of porn on Twitter? By the way, uh, in the new year, uh, we will be, uh, I will be, we will be, on live 365 radio for people who like to listen in the cars and don't necessarily have uh, Bluetooth hooked up to their phone for YouTube. And you know what? That could be a uh, bandwidth thing, too, because of the video aspect of it. So if you just want to listen while you're driving, come January 2nd, uh, that option will be available. Oh. Uh, and, you know, at this Peter McCullough, I was invited. Actually, he uh, put the invitation out there for podcasters to schedule time with him. And I scheduled time for this morning at 10 a.m. He won't show up. I never got a confirmation from him. Um, But it occurs to me now, uh, I did get a a phone call yesterday from England. I doubt that was him. I did not get a chance to answer that. I doubt that that was his people, though. He's an American-based guy. I believe he's in Dallas, Texas. So I doubt his confirmation would come from England. Uh, (laughs) Ben Shapiro uh, is making news by fat-shaming women by name, TikTokers. Ben Shapiro... uh, Making a name for fat, uh, fat shaming women, TikTokers, buying it, calling them out by name. Pretty despicable stuff, especially for a guy who's five foot one. Who, you know, let's go short shaming. <laughs> let's 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 turn fat fat shaming into short shaming. Joe, uh, Ben, uh, call him Joe, because every fucking idiot on. <laughs> Every fucking idiot on the internet with a microphone should be called Joe. Not me. I'm not Joe. I'm not. Uh, Somebody's saying, the Rogan McCullough interview is absolutely insane, and I knew about 89% of it going in. Of course you did. You're in the echo chamber. If you're still interested in what's actually happened to us over the last 20 months, you need to listen to it as soon as possible. Of course you do. Man, oh man, we are such a fucking lost society. I, I'm praying for the asteroid. It can't come fast enough. Land on my fucking head already. <laughs> Not much to talk about for me. I I, I was hoping to have a guest today. I kind of slacked out yesterday. I didn't even bother trying to get a guest for today because I'm not I'm not t- entirely sure uh, this this doctor is going to stand me up, but I can't imagine he's not. Uh, yeah, Ke- Kelly's saying the fattest country, and we still fat shame. That's absolutely true. We are, uh, every one of us got ex- 
not everyone. Joe Rogan doesn't with his six pack. He's got no fat on him. Uh, I do, and I'm guessing you do too. Shaming people for anything related to their physical appearance, unless it's bald, you could you could bald shame anybody you want. I'm cool with that. But fat shaming, even short shaming Ben Shapiro, or making fun of somebody's uh, crossed eyes, buck teeth, any of that stuff. It's just so fucking childish, fucking elementary school, schoolyard, uh, not for adults. Uh, and the fact that somebody who's rich and powerful feels like they need to do that. There's a, a mental problem there, a, a psychiatric problem where you're just so insecure or, or um, weak in your own character that you have to just go out and, and attack people based on, because they happen to disagree with your fanatical political review uh, views, you're going to... Um, Pick on them, bully them for a physical attribute. Really crazy. Austin S. Good morning. I love some of your early uh, UFO interviews. Thank you. I can't wait until it catches on and it will catch on. It's very good. Greetings from Cincinnati. Heart failure after vaccine while in a coma. Send prayers. Well, you'll have my prayers. I don't know that prayers will help. I think you need uh, a good doctor, not just prayers, but I hope you're doing well. I really do. Um, UFO thing. Listen, there are so many UFO podcasts out there, and I've been doing UFOs for 40 years. Jimmy Church is the the one I recommend if you're a diehard UFO guy and want to know I want to hear from all the people out there. Good morning, Craig. Uh, you want to hear from some of the people who are more scientifically based, not like just tinfoil hat wearing crazy people. Jimmy Church Radio. Check him out. He's probably the best. He's the, I don't want to say the heir. <laughs> I am going to say the heir to the Art Bell uh, legacy, I guess. Uh, in my view. Now, my view, for what it's worth, uh, Kelly's saying there was a powerful storm last night picking shit up this morning. Uh, yeah, I saw that. Um, you know what? Climate change isn't real, folks. It's just the imagination. Uh, but here, here you go, having tornadoes in the Midwest in December, lots of them, and then these weird storms and unseasonably warm weather. Some people out west were talking about uh, at places that are usually pretty cold this time of year 67 and humid and they were out sweating while walk just walking without a jacket on shirt sleeve weather um and still we have tons of climate uh change deniers out there so anyway um that was you know i'd love to have uh more uh real scientific based uh, UFO discussion on this program about uh, about the phenomena and all that stuff with legitimate researchers and scientists. Problem is, once you open the door to that stuff, you get um, 
you get a lot of enthusiasts, enthusiasts who are not very well educated in it and want to talk about it as if they are scientists. They're not scientists. They're a lot of them are conspiracy theorists. A lot of them are just um, fans. And and you know what? It's easy. It's easy to want. You know, the, the X-Files. I want to believe. I want to believe. But um, you have to leave the um, pre- presentation to people who know what they're fucking talking about. Because once once you put a microphone in front of yourself and you start talking, and this, here's a perfect example right here. Once you put a microphone in front of you, yourself and you don't know what the hell you're talking about and you just start rambling, you get exposed as a, an idiot pretty quickly. <laughs> Good morning, folks, uh, out there on the listening side. Uh, if you don't know what uh, I just pointed to myself, that's the fun. That's what I'm laughing at, pointing at myself when I'm calling myself uh, an idiot. Anyway, uh, good to have you all here. It's Thursday, almost through this week. I, I was thinking this morning, I'm 62 years in. I'm still not acclimated to the flow, ebb and flow of the week. And how just the, the name of the day affects our attitude. Monday means something to us. Tuesday has a different meaning. Wednesday, halfway through. Thursday, weekend's coming. Friday, weekend's here. Sunday, oh no. <laughs> oh no. Monday. And I don't even I'm not I'm not even working for anybody. I don't have a job. <laughs> Why do I still let these names of the day affect my attitude towards the day? It's fucking bizarre how we condition ourselves, train ourselves to be reactive to a name of a day bizarre we are a fucking bizarre species we definitely are um any thoughts you have you want to talk about today um wide open for subject matter here because uh i guess this um you know you people should know this about me if you don't if you if you know me at all you should know that when it comes to pop culture there isn't anybody who's more clueless on the planet so like the hip movies that are coming out, the latest pop stars, uh, the thing that everybody's talking about, video games, all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm in the dark ages with that stuff. I don't know. I don't follow it. But I'm getting beaten over the head now with Spider-Man stuff, so I'm assuming everywhere I'm looking, I'm seeing Spider-Man. I'm assuming there's something going on, whether it's a new movie, uh, whether it's a video game based on Spider-Man. I don't know what it is, but something out there in the Spider-Man world, and I can't believe, oh, somebody's just saying that, uh, smart fellow, if you mention Joe Rogan, maybe some people might watch your stuff, right? Smart business decision, just ask CNN. Why, is CNN's ratings gone up since they uh, talked about Rogan? No, CNN's still a very low rated, and domestically anyway. I think CNN's worldwide, and I think their ratings are better outside of the United States. Uh, I don't know about that, though. I don't. I haven't had the experience of uh, tuning into American cable news networks from abroad. I don't even tune tune into them from here. I don't have cable television. 
that's just an interesting thing that CNN's uh, ratings go up when they started ranking on uh, or taking issue ranking, I'd say, with with Rogan. Uh, you're just missing, uh, just tuning in. Um, hey, good morning, Jake. Haven't seen you in a while. Well, I guess since Monday. <laughs> Rumor is all the Spider-Man actors will be in this one. Uh, okay, so there's a movie, I guess. That's uh, Yeah, Austin says, I agree. The foil hat people ruin the people with credibility. Well, the thing is, Austin, the people with real credibility are not big in numbers. And so there's only so much. You know, it's like when they run out of when they run out of good tap beer, <laughs> you go for the shitty tap beer. There's only so many really credible uh, and scientists who who will take it seriously and uh, approach it from a scientific standpoint. And there's only and there are more media outlets than we need obviously way more media outlets than we need so these guys once they make the rounds of the biggest ones there's still a lot of open space for these uh, to be filled for people because people are doing podcasts especially and i mentioned this to call because he's doing one a ufo podcast call man who was on wednesday's program doing a oh balloons are up i gotta check out craig's uh Twitter and, and see the balloon. <laughs> oh, the balloon! <laughs> um, podcasters generally will get some ratings if you do a UFO show, even if you don't know what you're talking about and you have no credibility. And Carl seems to be pretty well studied on it, read well read on the subject. But there's a lot of guys who don't know anything. They just think, well, I'll just put UFO on my podcast and talk to people, crazy people, and I'll get uh, listeners. And it works. It works. I mean, anything paranormal in the podcasting world will attract listeners. Just did by the title alone. Uh, and so that's a surefire way to have an audience. And so with, with only a limited number of experts out there, real credible people to talk to scientists about this stuff, they get used up by the Joe Rogans and the, um trying to think, oh, well, through the uh big in that field jimmy church um why am i drawing a blank on those guys but the point is they get used up pretty quickly by the big dogs and then the little dogs are just giving microphones to people they find on twitter and this is where you get a lot of guys who Barely graduated high school or maybe even didn't graduate high school in a lot of cases. Uh, acting like they're scientists. Acting like they have credentials. Acting like they know something. Acting like they're well-read when they're not. Uh, so that's what that. I got to go uh, take a look at uh, Craig's balloon pics. I'll be, I'm will be. i going to see if we can share them if Craig doesn't mind. I'm sure he doesn't. Uh <laughs> Why am I not seeing Craig? I got to see. Got to go actually to his profile page now. This is not right. I'm not seeing his tweets. It's because I'm getting inundated with um, Rogan shit. Oh, these look cool. Let me share these uh, with, with you folks. So I guess the storm is past, then, Craig, because um, 
it looks like perfect blue skies to me. Blue skies, this one. Got a little uh, state seal there. I guess that is that an official state balloon? Let me like this. Looks like the storm has passed to me. These trees don't even look like they're blowing. That's uh, that. That's pretty interesting that they can fly that close together. I guess what's going to happen if they crash? They would just bump into each other. Nothing. They're not going to cause. See, this is what I was talking about last night. Scary. Ooh. For people on the listening side, I, I apologize. You don't know what the hell's going on right now. I'm looking at Craig Johnson's profile, and there's a video, I guess, from yesterday uh, of a storm coming in. But then today, it looks like that storm has moved on. I don't know if it went west, south, east, however it went. It went. So uh, thanks for, for sharing the balloon pictures every every day. Uh <laughs> I, I I get a kick out of them. I'm like a kid. Ooh, balloons, <laughs> balloons. Um, on the Spider-Man stuff, back to Jake, and the rumor is that the Spider-Man actors will all be in this one. There's a pregnant pause here, and I feel a little pregnant. Um, Hollywood is just fresh out of fucking ideas, man. There are so many good filmmakers, guys like my friend Jake. I've talked to probably a hundred independent filmmakers with good ideas, original ideas, something new. And Hollywood keeps going back to Spider-Man, King Kong, which was a 1930s fucking movie, and remake that. Uh, But how many fucking Spider-Man movies is this now? If you're into Spider-Man and Marvel and all that stuff, God bless you. I'm not saying you shouldn't have that content. I'm just remarking on the lack of originality and ideas and risk-taking. I could picture a society that we're headed to in the future where it's all it's all sequels and prequels. <laughs> we have no we have no meat and potatoes to the meal. It's all appetizers and um, dessert. And rehashing the same shit over and over and over and over again. So other besides we need a Jim Jones father to tell us to drink the Kool-Aid, we also need that Kool-Aid to be the same flavor every day. Man, Asteroid can't come soon enough for me, man. Am I doom and glooming you out here today? I apologize for that. But this is where we are, man. Uh, doom and gloom and doom and gloom and the uh, prospects for humanity. You know, somebody was, and they're ragging on Musk now for getting time. In. Like he, like he's be done. Maybe he is. Maybe every billionaire you can uh, pay time to make you person of the year. But I don't think, I don't think he campaigned for that. But people are beating him up for being named time person of the year. Now, I happen to not agree with that choice, but the Time Magazine, they're fucking not that relevant anyway. It's, it's like Matt Napples, per, person of the year. I'll tell you my person of the year. 
How many Nina Hartley movies do we need for for the love of God? Um, one more, just one more, just one more, and that's called Nina fucks Spider Man to death. <laughs> I'm pitching that baby. I wish I could. I wish I had somebody who would listen to that pitch because I can write it pretty quickly. Nina Hartley fucks Spider Man to death. Now in theaters. Um, <laughs> I'd like to hear, Jake says, I'd like to hear what Big Dog is wanting to get for Christmas. New guitar? No. Uh, you know what, Jake? Honestly, I, I don't need anything. I don't want anything. I got everything I need. Uh, I'm running low on weed. <laughs> I'm smoking more weed now uh, than I ever did in my life. Um, why? Because uh, I can. Because at this age, what do I got to fucking lose? Uh, and um, it makes the creative process more enjoyable for me. Now, I have to say, I'm starting to believe in the strain shit, the strain theory. I, I I rejected it for so long. This uh, indica sativa thing that one makes you more creative and one is more sleepy. I'm seeing uh, that if I get a bad strain, and I'm not sure that it it definitely falls along those lines. I think they might have that wrong. But there is weed that will make you sleepy, and there is weed that will definitely make you creative and give you energy and psych you up and give inspire you, as George Collins used to say, open a window to creativity. There's weed that does that. And then there's weed that just makes you want to sit on the couch and watch Wayne's World. Like, I have no brain. <laughs> um, I don't know if you caught, speaking of Nina Hartley, Craig, I, and I know I'm all over the fucking place. And this is nothing new here. Uh, but speaking of Nina Hartley, somebody told, and I don't know if you caught this, but somebody on Twitter said they uh, were shocked by the amount of pornography on Twitter. And I was like, I haven't seen any pornography on Twitter. Uh, and I'm still wondering, has anybody seen pornography on Twitter? Is it just me that's not seeing it? Because I haven't seen one speck of cereal in my Alpo, as they say. Um, oh, Craig, I'm going back now. Craig, about the storm. It hit hard in the AM, then went off to the Midwest and made the dust ball stuff happen. In the in, Oh, are, they, are you having dust storms there, Kelly? Kelly, if you're still with me. Uh, give me a little weather report. You having big dust storms? Talking to Lou about that just yesterday, by the way, because uh, we hitchhiked 200 miles in a really severe dust storm in Texas, in in West Texas, uh, when we were kids, 18, 19 years old. It, it, a, we have a uh, very entertaining story, but I think both of us have to uh, tell it. He he should be the one to tell it. But a wild adventure hitchhiking in West Texas, near Amarillo and Lubbock and all that stuff, uh, in a extremely violent uh, oh, dust storm, the kind of dust storm that will take your eyes out. <laughs> really bad stuff. But we got picked up by an old man. I'm not even going to bother telling the story because I won't tell it well. I have to get Lou on the program. Just wind and rain. It was 73 yesterday. Holy crap, Kansas City is the place. I'm going to Kansas City. Kansas City, here I come. Be standing on the corner of 12th Street and Vine. Yes, I will. 
when I'm thinking about forgiveness. <laughs> what a problem with song lyrics with me. Uh, I tend to mess every song ever written into one long song of words that I took away from any song that meant something to me. I wish I had a following big enough. And this is what I want for Christmas, Jake, if I, if I really could have anything. I want a big enough following to do a live Zoom with a, like 100 people, like like Stanhope or Issues and with Andy uh, do, and just have everybody in the room and just kind of have a town hall meeting <laughs> with people across the country, people across the world. That's what I would love to do for Christmas. I won't, that won't, That's not going to happen. That's what I'm asking Santa for. Uh, what's Austin saying about I was behind uh, nice pictures? Or uh, did I miss something? Nice pictures. I'll have to look up. Now, what is he saying here? Yeah, uh, they are pretty horrible, just meaning us time wasted uh, for fanboys. But generates a lot of money. Uh, oh, the um, I think you're talking about Time Magazine and Person of the Year. My person of the year would be Eugene Goodman. Eugene Goodman is the cop who was uh, in the Capitol, who basically was under attack, under siege, being chased, and he purposely uh, drew the bad guys away from the chamber where the votes were being cast and was willing to sacrifice himself. I don't say this lightly. If, uh, if America survives the next five, ten years, whatever it's coming its way. And I don't take that for granted. I doubt that's going to happen, to be honest with you. But the cynic that I am and on that kind of stuff. If that happens, if America survives, I think, in my humble uh, and stupid mind dog opinion, Eugene Goodman is the greatest hero America has ever had his name should go down in the history books at we should change the dollar bill take washington off the dollar bill put eugene goodman's photo on the dollar bill uh would you do that would you do that in that situation you're in a job a civil service job that let's face it folks you're not getting rich on that job he's working for a pension working week to week for a pension and here it is, his life is being threatened by an angry mob. And he's willing to sacrifice himself for the country. Would you do that? I mean, willingly. Drawing the crowd to get him and not people casting votes. I think I can fairly assume that if I was in that position, I would not do the right thing. They would have been in the, the bad guys would have been in the chamber and I would have been fucking hiding under Nancy Pelosi's skirt. <laughs> and believe me, you don't want to be there. Speaking of uh, shaming. Under Nancy Pelosi's skirt is probably the scariest place in, in America right now. <laughs> uh, mornings. Whose idea was it to do this morning show? This is what I want to know. Whose idea? Who came up with this? Oh, was it me? Fire him. I do appreciate you being here. And you know what? And to be honest with you, um, doing this has helped somewhat. Um, 
doing the morning show, even when it's just like struggling to get through it, <laughs> like like I am right now, I should play the sponsors piece and then come back and maybe be coherent when I come back, you think? Uh, again, uh, just promos today, we're going to be talking to a uh, neuroscientist today at 1 p.m. Seems like it might be... Uh, might be like a super interesting conversation about beyond the cell and about neurodiversity. Neurodiversity, what the fuck does that mean? Neurodiversity, you know, freeing up your thoughts, freeing up and taking control of your own brain, your own mind. Hey, who doesn't want to do that? Mind dog wants to do that. <laughs> uh, so that will be at 1 p.m. today. And then I'll be off for purposes of this stuff for the rest of the day. I will be getting uh, examined, cross-examined uh, by somebody who was a business coach on her podcast for uh, from 2.30 to 3.30. And then I have a show where I might walk off the show or might not end up performing, which would really suck. Uh because I've never done that in my life, even though I almost did once. I almost walked off a stage once. It, it just never, it hasn't happened. And uh, it, it would be a travesty if that happened now. But if they're going to ask me to sing to a mask, I can't do it. I will pass out. My breath will be kicking like two-day-old chicken while you're singing uh, Jingle Bells or some stupid shit Christmas song, which I hate to begin with. Singing Christmas carols. So I should play the sponsor's piece, and uh, hopefully some of you people will hang with me through it and uh, not bail on me. Uh, you know what's coming. You know the the uh, sponsorship we have. I really got to get to work on, on doing commercials for the new sponsors. I, I'm only one man. You see what I'm saying? Only one man. That's not it. What am I looking for? Um, these are intros. Am I in the wrong place again? God help me. God help me in my small brain. Here we go. Let's go for this. This episode is brought to you by TrueFire. Do you want to learn guitar or improve your playing? Are you stuck in a rut and unable to take your playing to the next level? TrueFire has your solution. Over 2 million guitar players worldwide learn, practice, and play with TrueFire. Our learning tools and massive library of video lessons will ignite your technical skills, harmonic knowledge, rhythm playing, and soloing chops. TrueFire's educators are the best in the biz, from Grammy Award winners to world-renowned artists. You'll have access to an unparalleled faculty of over 300 top-notch blues, rock, jazz, country, fingerstyle, and acoustic guitar educators. 
Using our desktop and mobile apps, you'll work with Truefire's multi-angle video lessons on any device, anytime, anywhere. Integrated learning tools such as video synced tab and notation, slow-mo, looping, practice jam tracks, and many more handy controls accelerate your learning experience. Truefire style-specific learning paths guide you every step of the way. Use our assessment tools to find your starting point, then follow our lesson recommendations, and track your progress as you work through your personalized Truefire study plan. Progress faster with private one-on-one -on -one instruction, group lessons, multi-track video jams, live streams, song lessons, student forums, Truefire's Riff magazine, premium jam tracks, and much, much more. With thousands of five-star ratings and reviews from amateur and pro players alike, you'll find yourself in good company with the world's most comprehensive guitar learning platform. Grab your guitar and ignite your musicality. I'm Sign invited. up free for an all-access trial today. I should grab my guitar. Click the link in the description to find out more. Christmas song with my girl. The way she just shakes her head when she has that coffee. Like, here, I'm going to do her. Ready? And people on the audio side, they're like, what the fuck is happening right now? <laughs> but here it goes. Like, all right, I have my coffee. You can fuck me now. <laughs> okay, I will. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm just a crude old man. What can I tell you? Um, seems that people are getting censored in the comments they're leaving here about censorship. Kelly just uh, informed me while we were away. Uh through nefarious means. <laughs> Fucking retarded, man. That uh, she left comments in this chat room that I didn't see. So I guess, and I see people on different platforms here. So YouTube is the main one where we have a lot of people talking. And, um, but there are other chat rooms. But it looks like... Uh, <laughs> Do her. <laughs> I'm gonna do her. <laughs> I guess YouTube is is uh, censoring some comments, which is really weird because they let most of they let the guys who were um, threatening me through last night. Now I've taken them down, so you can't. Uh, I think I I don't know if I've taken them down. I hid them. I don't know if hiding them takes them down. I think they're probably still there. I just can't see them anymore. Uh, the Rogan fanboys were, were giving me some threats. I have my home phone number on my cell phone number on there. <laughs> and, and it's on, and it occurred to me last night, like, well, that number is up there, even in the replay. Uh, and so I got to be a little more careful when answering the phone now, because, um, there I've, I've said something about their girlfriend, Joe or their mother, Joe, or their sister, Joe, who is, uh, even though he's um, a master of martial arts and a multi, 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 multi-millionaire and has the largest uh, platform in the world, somehow needs 
Bobby D from Twitter, who never graduated high school uh, and has seven followers. Uh, they, Joe needs that guy to defend him against little old me. At, that's how their mind works anyway. And we see this on politics. We see it in we see it in some extent uh, in entertainment. If I criticize somebody that you're a fan of, you act like it's your like I like I called your sister a slut or your mother a slut. Like you, you get so defensive, like I attack your family. If I have a negative opinion of somebody, a podcaster, see, well, Jamie's just after the cash. Jamie found out through a paternity test uh, recently. Uh, maybe I'm talking out of school that Joe Rogan is his real father, like Obi Wan Kenobi, which explains the big head thing with Joe Rogan. You know, once you once you give birth to a. Uh, a spawn like Jamie Dykes, you're going to want to get on steroids and blow your head up a little bit. I guess. Anyway, uh, Jamie's just after the cash, so he, he's uh, he found out he's in for some uh, for some money. Now, I would go to Austin and show up on his doorstep, Papa, <laughs> Papa. I forgot to call governors yesterday. Maybe I should do that now, right now on the air. No, that would that would be the wrong thing to do dog don't do that don't do that i would like to uh call governors though i'm not going to remember see that once i get off the show today i'll start preparing for my 1 p.m and i'll forget to call governors but they did tell me yesterday that um i can get into their studio and do my show from their studio and feature some of those comedians and promote the comedians that they're having on there be a great thing for me now it's a long travel for me it's about uh, on a good day an hour and a half drive this is long island folks <laughs> it's like la traffic sometimes but and especially where i am where there's not a whole lot of roads leading out of here which was the reason they never started up that uh nuclear power plant that's in my backyard <laughs> because there's not a lot of roads out of here uh, God forbid there ever was like uh, a problem with that nuclear reactor. Everybody would have been fucked because there are there's two roads out of here, and there are uh, seven million people. <laughs> seven million people on two roads. Uh, not a good math if you think about it. So uh, getting to governors uh, once a week. This is what I'm willing to do for you people. I'm willing to sacrifice. Uh, and if you never saw a morning with the dog, know how I take fucking traffic on the LIE and the bumper, the bumper, the bumper, the bumper, the traffic. Uh, morning with the dog is a, a video clip that I did about four years ago while I was still working for corporate America, explaining my morning routine. Now, at that time, my grandson was living with me. And my stepdaughter and her husband. And the grandson was nine years old. And for some reason, he knew better every morning than to go into his mother's room and wake her up. Um, 
But he had no problem coming into my bedroom and waking my wife up, and it would drive me nuts. But at 5, 5 a.m. or before 5 a.m. every day, and it'd come in, and, you know, kids, when they're just waking up, they tend to have these weak little, whiny little, annoying voices. <laughs> the last thing you need to hear at 4.30 or 5 o'clock in the morning when you're not planning on getting up until 8. So at 5... Uh, 30 or oh, 5 o'clock in the morning, 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning, he'd come in whining at my wife, you know, which would piss me off and just make me grumpy and growling. And then she would get up, and they would yell at each other. Yeah, rah, 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 rah. And it's whiny, and my, and my wife tends to uh, have a, a whiny voice when she yells, too. Could be really fucking hell. And they would whine at each other at a, a high volume at 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning every day. And usually arguing over what kind of cereal he, cereal he wants, what he's allowed to eat, how much sugar content is in it. Oh, same discussion every fucking day. And I would get up for that in the middle of that and have to uh, brush my teeth and wash my face and get ready for work and somehow make it out the door in the middle of this old whining. And then some at some point... The grandson's mother, my stepdaughter, would wake up, and she would join in in the whining and whine, yelling, whining thing, and it became like, oh my god, the worst hell you could ever imagine at five o'clock in the morning is people just yelling, whining at each other, and you just you see me now how how out of it I am at nine a.m. to start this program, and it's already after ten, and I'm still a little fuzzy. Imagine me at five o'clock in the morning and just getting wine yelled at by from three different directions every fucking day of my life. So I'd make it out to the car, which is quiet. And I'd make it out to the car and I'd, I'd get in my car and I'd drive to the expressway, Long Island Expressway, and have to sit and bump it, bump it, bump it, bump it, bump it, bump it, traffic <laughs> for a two and a half hour commute to an office to a job I hated. I mean, I, I couldn't figure out why I even took it. I was like, I hate this fucking job. It's fucking, it was uh, doing marketing for a robotics company that made packaging machines, robotic packaging machines. Doing marketing, and I was the only, only executive they had there. I mean, they had the CEO and the guys who were building the machines. <laughs> And me. <laughs> so I was the uh, marketing executive. I was the uh, guy who had to answer the phones in the door, too. I mean, basically, people would walk in off the streets, and I would be the first one they'd see. And so I became, it was, I hated the fucking job. So here it is, uh, recapping, waking up at 5, to screaming, whining, blah, 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 at 5 o'clock in the morning. Find your way out to the car to get some peace, but then that peace ends up being frustration, a bumper, a bumper, a bumper, LIE traffic for two and a half hours to get to a job I hate. Miserable at the job. Get in the car at the end of a long day doing that stuff, and it's another two and a half hours back in bumper, a bumper, a bumper traffic, frustration. Walk in the house, and what do I hear? It's still going. From 5 a.m. in the morning till 8.30 at night or whenever I got home. Five days a week. Looking forward to peace on the weekends. 
this was my life. And but unfortunately, I have a neighbor who lives, you know, where I live, neighbors aren't close. It's not like, you, you know, we're right on top of each other here. Nearest neighbor is about six, 700 feet away in that direction. But every day of the year, and I'm not shitting you about this, every fucking day of the year, he gets up before, when he's illegal, legally allowed to by law, usually that's 8 a.m., Starts a lawnmower, a leaf blower, a snow blower, uh, whatever kind of blower he's got going on. Every 365 days a year, starts it at the legal limit in the morning when you're allowed to turn it on. That's 8 a.m. This is seven days a week, and he does work on his yard um, until the sun goes down, until he legally has to stop. Every day of the year, 365, Christmas, New Year's, you name it, Easter, whatever, every fucking holiday. But especially on, you know, after putting up with this 5 a.m. to 8.30 a.m. wine fest, bumper to bumper traffic all weekend, looking for peace on the weekends, 8 a.m. on Saturday, and you just want to get a little bit of sleep with the lawnmowers and the leaf blowers and the snow blowers and uh. That this was my life. So I posted on social media about the guy because you would think a guy working on his yard 365 days a year, his yard must look fucking beautiful. But no, 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 I tell you, his yard looks shitty, just like mine. I can guarantee you, if I was out there working 365 days a year, sun up to sundown, my yard would fucking look amazing. It would be immaculate. It would be a fucking work of art. People would come from Wales to see it. <laughs> but no, this guy's yard looks shitty. I posted on Facebook about him. And my friend Jen, who's very astute, smart young lady, she said, there's something inside the house he's hiding from. This is what keeps him outside working all the time. He's avoiding something that's going on in the house. And that's when it occurred to me. He's got whiners. He's got the same shit I got. I should be out there fucking working on my yard. That's my. That should be my escape from the fucking whiners. This is his situation. He's waking up every day at 5 o'clock. <laughs> the point of all this is to make you feel better about your life. Now, this is not my life anymore. Thank God I got out of that life. Uh... What is Jake saying? Uh, I wake up at five, but uh, the only screaming I hear is the vast void of the universe. No, this was my life uh, up until I decided. And I, I'm not one of these guys who decide, who needed COVID to to uh, say enough is enough. Just came home from work to one day, and uh, I'm done. I can't do that anymore. My life is too short to be that fucking miserable. Uh, seven days a week. I don't care how much money I lose by just walking away from this job and, and working for myself. I don't care how, how hard a financial uh, um, burden it becomes. I have to do it. 
I, I can't, I can't do it anymore. And then, you know, as soon as I did that, the stepdaughter and her husband found a place and moved out and I didn't have the 5 a.m. whining fest anymore. I, I hope he's grown out of that by now, but I don't live with them anymore. Anyway, life is, life is good. Life is good today. My life is good today. But if you're living one of those lives, not everybody is. But if you're living one of those lives like I did, where you're waking up every morning figuring, and asking yourself, why? Why? It's, I don't want to do this anymore. I just want to do what I want to do. I encourage you, if if you can do it in any way, find a way. Slip out the back, Jack. Make a new plan, Stan. Find a way to live the life you want to live. And don't be a slave to the whining and the leaf blowing guy and the lawn mowing guy and the snow blowing and the whatever machine he's got out there working. He's out there right now. You can't hear him because he's so far away, but I can guarantee you from my bedroom, I can hear him loud and clear. He's out there now. 365 days a year working on his yard. I should take a picture of his yard so you know I'm not bullshit. And he's out there. I could take a picture of him actually out there working on it. And you say, I guarantee you look at the picture and say, Doug, that yard looks pretty shitty. <laughs> for a guy who, <laughs> for a, especially considering that he never stopped. It's like a work of art that never gets finished, but it's not a work of art at all. It's a work of shit. <laughs> this isn't a bag of sugar. This is a bag of shit. I'm referencing a very old Monty Python radio piece. Uh, so um, that was the story of the morning, morning with the dog uh, video. But it really was intended to give people... <laughs> inspiration about and and a, a positive outlook on their life because my life was shit at the time and, and thank god i recognized it and i recognized that i i'm better than that i deserve better than that nobody deserves uh that life unfortunately too many of us live that life um, working for the week, working for week to week, working for the paycheck, working to pay the bills and not really fulfilled in the work at all. And then when the life circumstances make it harder and harder to even get the strength to get out of bed and go to it, that's time to make a change. So if anybody, if this is resonating with anybody who's living that life right now if you're out there and audio people video people wherever you are the sound of my voice is resonating with you about this story about not living the life do you want to live giving up your life again we only get one one chance at this and if you just surrender and say well this is the life these are the cards i've been dealt uh, and getting in my van and sitting in traffic for two and a half hours each way every day, five days a week, is part of the cards you were dealt, and you just accept it, well, I guess you kind of deserve to. And I, if I had 
not walked away. I definitely deserve to still have that going on. No right to complain because I'm accepting it. So that's that. Anyway, it doesn't look like I'm going to get a phone call today. Uh, by the way, uh, just on this comment, I just want to... <laughs> Nina Hartley movies that we need for the love of God um, I have invited Nina Hartley on the program I'm going to do it I'm going to follow up right now with her while I'm talking to you I have invited Nina Hartley on the program <laughs> uh, three times now oh no two times two times I'm lying uh, this will be the third time right now as soon as I can find the contact I'm just going to uh, re-up one more time here she is yeah, Nina. Uh, I'm sending her an email. Typing while I'm trying to talk. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say uh, Craig Johnson has uh, personally uh, requested you uh, be on the program. Maybe that will help. Can't hurt. Hey, Craig has helped me get a lot of people on the program, so I can't. Uh, No, no. You know what? David Steinberg's people never got back to me. He told me, I'm just seeing, uh, <laughs> he told me that he would be happy to come on the program, get in touch with his people. I got in touch with, I try to get in touch with his people. The phone just rings and rings and rings, and then I go to voicemail. Uh, it's going to be too late to get him. His book is going to be old by then. I know Mel Brooks came out with a book last week. Of course, getting him would be impossible. Uh, and probably, I don't know if Mel could even hold a conversation for more than a couple of minutes at this point. I think he's like 96. Um, and what would I talk to Nina Hartley about? I don't really know. I mean, I know who she is. But I don't know anything about her other than she's a porn star. And like, so what would I talk to her about for an hour? Uh but I think it, it would get it would bring in numbers. I, I would talk to her about you know exactly what I'd talk to her about. The fact of being an aging porn star. Not Asian, aging. <laughs> I know the New York accent. Aging, A G I N G. Uh I believe she's still active in the business. I know this much uh, uh, about her anyway, that she had considered running for political office in California at some point, maybe. Uh, it was on when I still had television, so that had to be like 10, 12 years ago, 12 years ago at least now. Um, there was some talk about her running for mayor or county executive somewhere in California. And I I just can't imagine how that campaign would go. Um, but I am fascinated about this idea. Not fascinated. That's probably the wrong word. But when you're young and beautiful, I, I wanted to be in porn when I was young and beautiful. I was young and beautiful. I was. I swear I was young and beautiful. I have... I have one photo that kind of bears. <laughs> anyway, uh, when I was young and in shape, I should say, I had a very buff bod as a young man. I had hair and I had a big dick. And I thought porn might be for me. I'm talking about when freshmen in college and stuff. When 
before they even had video stores where you can go rent porn. If you wanted to see porn in those days, you had to go to a, a movie theater and kind of watch where you sit. <laughs> Bring a raincoat to put on the seat. Uh, <laughs> that was what porn was in those days. And I thought, well, I'd like to do that. Get paid for fucking. Who wouldn't? Wow. Power surges. Uh, I hope you're well, and I hope you're safe there, uh, Kelly. Get uh, Auntie M, Auntie M, get in, the, in the, uh, the tornado shelter. You're not in Kansas anymore, are you? Oh, you're in Missouri. I'm sorry. Kansas City, Missouri, or Kansas City, Kansas, which are you in? <laughs> I was just assuming it was in, in Kansas. I, I guess I fell for the Trump trap. He did that, too. Uh, you're in Kansas City, Missouri. But it's it's close enough to Kansas that uh, you could say, Auntie M, I'm not in Kansas anymore. You're in misery. You know, speaking of porn, show me state. Very Christian state, Missouri. Misery. Uh, very Christian state, but I believe it's you got the highest number of uh oh, I'm I'm dating myself again cuz there are no such thing anymore as porn stores but at, when there were porn stores I think Missouri very Christian state had the most of any state in the nation kind of conflicted state there um where was oh the idea you know young and beautiful and wanting to be in porn now we see this a lot in today's world where young girls grow up with the idea of being in porn, but without any conception that someday they're going to be my age and they'll have grandchildren. Someday they're going to settle down and have a family. And someday, I mean, you see how technology has changed in my lifetime. Imagine 40 years from now when all you have to do is beep, Touch a thing in your head and get porn in your eye. <laughs> Automatically um, projected on the back of your eyelids. Close your eyes and see <laughs> the latest porn just by or chip in your head. Whatever they're going to have to deliver. Grandma sucking cock. <laughs> this is going to happen. So you're young and beautiful today, but 40, 50 years from now, you're going to be an old hag. You're going to be a wrinkled old titties touching the floor, balls hanging down below your knees, old person. And you're going to have grandkids. And they're going to be shocked and psychically damaged forever when they see grandpa's balls hitting the floor <laughs> on videotape. Or, uh, you know, mom, uh, grandma with a boot in her ass getting pissed on. I, I, I stole that line from uh, from Brendan Walton. I didn't do it well, and I apologize for that. I, I, I give it back. He can have that line back. I, I'm sorry. I should just give up. I feel embarrassed for myself for even stealing, trying to steal that line and doing it so ineptly. But seriously, the way porn is gone now, it's so shocking to people my age. Uh, what was the videotape, Grandpa? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, well, let me show you your grandmother with a boot in her ass getting pissed on. Damn, he stole Brennan's line again, and he did it bad the second time. You could tell I'm uh, really uh, just grasping at shit here. But um, no, seriously, at some point, I mean, how far can 
and it's getting pretty, and not like I'm a, uh, an expert on the state of porn, but the shock value, you always have to, Mick Jagger, I believe, was the one who, uh, who first noted that it's a challenge to up the shock game. Once you've been uh, desensitized and acclimated to a certain degree of shock, the audience doesn't care anymore. So you got to up your shock game. And that's what pornography has been about for the last, I don't know, since I was a kid, since I was uh, going to those movie theaters where you had to put a raincoat on the seat. Pee Wee Herman theaters. <laughs> you know, Pee Wee Herman was arrested for jacking off in a, a porn theater long after it was, they had video stores and video where you could do it at home, which is bizarre. <laughs> to me, you would go to a place like, the fact that he would go to a place like that to sit in, in a seat you have to really be careful about <laughs> and jack off in a movie theater when he could have been doing it in the safety and comfort of his own home. I don't get that. Uh, where the, what was my point here? Oh, that someday, you know, people should really, they should ha sign a thing when they're getting into porn. I know they sign a consent form that they haven't been abused and haven't been uh, brainwashed or drugged or d done anything against their will when you're in porn. How do I know this? That's a good question. How do I know that? I believe that. I should say that. I don't know that. But I believe most porn productions, uh, comfort, that's not sexy, is, uh, I I would agree, Kelly, but uh, the converse uh, argument there is sitting in a seat that some other guy just jacked off in, it, watching a uh, porn movie is that sexy <laughs> or would you rather be doing it on a nice clean couch or <laughs> whatever wherever you might be doing it i don't know if you're gonna if you're gonna be jacking off do you want to be sitting in a chair that some stanky old fat ass smelly man like me sat in and jacked off <laughs> or do you want your own fresh clean chair uh that that i guess is Man, YouTube's not going to ever allow me to monetize a video again, I guess, <laughs> with this kind of language. Uh, Carl saying we call that a warm seat. Hey, that's how I was raised. Uh, I guess. Uh, why am I not surprised, Carl? Uh, Kelly says, depends on wh what he looks like. <laughs> well, he, who, the guy who did it or the guy who came before him? <laughs> came before him. Oh, I did a little pet pun there. Did you see that? By accident. An accidental pun. Um, it was not. Listen, Carl will tell you uh, I'm wrong here. But it was <laughs> the porn theater stuff back in the 70s. And I, get, I don't, can't imagine Carl was is that old. I don't think he's that old. To be around going to porn theaters in the 70s when you actually had porn theaters. It was not a... Uh, not an attractive experience. It was not. It was not something you want. You know, it's one of those things where there isn't enough alcohol to erase the memories completely. If there were, I would take it. I would. Ah, shit, I would. Ah, I'd take any poison to erase those fucking memories. <laughs> Some of those memories uh, from being a kid. No, it. There's nothing stimulating, sexy, or attractive about the porn theater experience. 
And, you know, it was 18 in the day. And, uh, again, I, I've said this many times. Back in the 70s here in New York and most most of the country, uh, all you needed was a cardboard piece of paper that, uh, license without a picture on it that said you were 18 and you could get in. So I was doing that at 13, 14 years old going to those theaters. Not a, uh, I got to see what Carl's saying here because I'm sure it's too young for that. But my granddad used to tell us tales around the fire. <laughs> Marshmallow and shame. This is what I love about Carl. He's fucking funny, man. <laughs> yeah, but, um, no, it was not a good experience. But so, but given the choice that Pee Wee Herman had, porn theaters were pretty much dying out then. But, uh, you know, I'm talking, when he got arrested, it was the mid-80s. Now, here's a little trivia. Who got quiet all of a sudden? Did his brain stop working or did his mouth stop working? Here's a little trivia for you about Pee Wee Herman and his jacking off arrest. Uh, go have a good day, Craig, uh, and uh, stay away from the point theaters. Uh, I'll tell Nina uh, you send your love. Um, Pee Wee Herman got arrested for jacking off in a movie theater. It took years for his case to get to court. He got off, got off. More puns, accidental puns are just flowing like Pee Wee Herman's come. Uh, he got off from the uh, in the court case because he hired a Masters and Johnson expert on masturbation to come testify on his behalf. And here's the thing. The the police officer who arrested him testified that he was jerking off with his left hand. I'm saying this from my right hand. Jerking off with his left hand. And the Masters and Johnson expert testified that that's impossible. He's a righty, and nobody can bring themselves to climax with their non-dominant hand. If you were ambidextrous, I guess that's possible. But according to Masters and Johnson uh, Sex Clinic, it's impossible to make yourself orgasm with your non-dominant hand. Let's all try this now, shall we? Not me, of course, because there's a video feed here. But I, I would like everybody, anybody who's still with me there. Of course, Craig had to go to work. But even on your way to work, I guess you could, uh, and reporting tomorrow, um, use your non-dominant hand and see if you can make yourself come. I'll wait. we got nothing better to do. Obviously, that Dr. Peter McCullough guy is going to uh, push out from calling me because he knows I would ask him a couple of questions he can't answer. Should I go back to that subject for a moment? Uh, I don't know. People are probably just sick of hearing. They'd rather hear me asking them people to make themselves come with their uh, non-dominant hand, of course. Oh, by the way, we're on a new platform that I never heard of. I'm just seeing the news come through now. And I, I see this a couple of days ago, but they're reminding me. Uh, my Utreon. Utreon. Are you familiar with Utreon? Not Patreon. It's Utreon. Uh, I guess it's a service like similar to youtube um and we're on there every day got uh we're streaming live there and then the uh videos are being archived there i didn't sign up for it i don't know how we're there i don't know how they figured out where to send emails about how we're doing there but apparently uh, we're doing pretty well there i don't think they have a chat room 
or, or connected to our StreamYard chat room. Uh, not bad. Not bad numbers over there. I don't know who's using that platform. Are you on that? So New York City, Utreon Incorporated, uh, 47, 447 Madison Avenue. That's a, a nice piece of property. They got to have some money. Uh, they're in Madison Avenue, uh, sixth floor in New York City. Uh, that's that's a high rent district, man. They they got to be paying just for the office space. They have to be paying a hundred thousand dollars a month. So they got to have some money behind that Utreon thing. Maybe it'll be the next big thing. We're there. I didn't know about it. What the hell was I talking about? Um, coming with the non-dominant hand. I think we covered that as far as we're gonna go. Uh, I should say we shot our load on the coming with the non-dominant hand talk and the porn talk and the movie theater talk and all that stuff. So what I would ask Nina Hartley about, again, all over the fucking map, this guy, is, you know, being a grand, and I'm sure she doesn't have kids, but being the age, she's older than me, being a grandmotherly age of, she's got to be in her 70s now and still in the porn business. I can't imagine what that's got to look like. I just made myself sick. <laughs> what it's like to be an old... Listen. The natural ebb and flow of uh, sexuality is kind of the way humans are built is kind of weird anyway because women um when they're young and beautiful um have less of a sex drive than as they get older as they get older their sex drive increases now uh, kelly might be able to back me up on this or maybe she'll tell me i'm wrong but um uh, i would think a 40 year old woman has a higher sex drive than a 18-year-old girl. Men, pretty much the opposite, unless we take pills that will increase our sex drive and testosterone boosters and all that stuff. So by the time he's 70, and my wife will tell me I'm wrong about this because she works, she's a nurse in a nursing home, and she says those guys, the old guys jack off all the time. <laughs> and they're, they're very horny, which to me is surprising because I'm not very horny. I was very horny through my 40s and into my 50s. Uh, but uh, from, I would say from, I'm trying to guess now, like around 50-ish, um, more than once going to need help from a pill. If, if, you, want, if you want more than one, <laughs> what's the point of trying to be diplomatic with the language at this point? You were already talking about cum-covered seats and and making yourself come with your non-dominant hand. So if you if you wanted to come more than once for for a guy over fifty, it really, and I can't imagine any guy would would seriously argue with me about this. That it's going to take a little blue pill to help for a second and third uh, go around. But nature is weird. Nature is a, a sadistic little bitch. She is. Mother Nature looks at us and says, you know what? Make it harder for men if they get older and make it easier for women if they get older. But then menopause happens. 
I'm not sure why, but when some women get hornier, and as a, if you're in a relationship with a woman who just had uh, gone through menopause, you don't want them to be hornier. <laughs> you want them to be less horny. You're like, you know what? I don't feel like taking a pill. <laughs> uh, I got gigs to do. I just don't have the energy for sex. You know, we've done everything we could possibly do. Um, I don't want to invite, like, tag teams into the bedroom. So it's not that interesting anymore. It's lost its glitter, its glamour. It's, it's lost its shine on the apple. has faded a little bit when it comes to sex now. If you're a man in your 30s or 40s, you'll probably say, he's fucking crazy. That ain't going to happen to me. You wait. You just wait. 55 hits. You stuck in those AARP letters. Nothing kills an erection like a, a you, you're ready to retire letter. <laughs> what the fuck am I talking about here this morning? I think the guys who were the Rogan fanboys threatening me have, has had a uh, seriously psychological damaging effect on me because I am just I'm insane here today. Um, maybe I sh I should maybe this is a message to self. Note to self: uh, put some more effort into booking guests <laughs> for the morning show, <laughs> getting people to call in because uh, if I think we've seen today that if I just continue to ramble for two hours, I'm just going to say some really stupid shit. <laughs> and no amount of coffee is going to save me uh, from that. Should I call it a day? Should I wrap it here? Uh, I do have to get ready for the 1 p.m. show. Now, I hope some of the serious-minded guest interviews that I have are not tuning into the morning with the dog stuff and hearing me just, you know, seeing me for who I really am, what's and all, um, ridiculous sense of humor, uh, ridiculous uh, commentary on the world, and thinking, wow, I don't want that guy to interview me. Look at him. Because uh, I spent the last several years building up some respect from people about the interviews I've done, and now I'm totally... Uh, Erasing any respect that I've built up for the last couple of years. Uh-oh. Ooh, potentially negative activity. Uh-oh. I got to see this. Who's sending me this? I got to gonna have to rectify that. Uh, you know what? I'm getting scammed emails here now. And the allergies are starting to kick in. Anyway, I do need to get uh, kind of ready for this interview today because neurodiversity... It's not a subject I am, at this moment, ready to have an hour-long conversation about in an intelligent way. But this is where the magic comes in, and I, uh, I do my cramming in a short period of time before the show actually goes live. And when it does go live, often I get comments like, I, I can't believe how much you know about this subject. I didn't. I'm faking it. <laughs> I crammed my crammed my way through it an hour before the show. I uh, looked over the the uh, crib notes, 
and got some idea of what the hell you're going to be able to tell me. And um, we moved on from there. Wow. So many, uh, 70, 794,262 listeners in the last seven days. That's fucking amazing. Thank you very much. Um, so we're doing good on the audio side, on the uh, Mind Dog TV podcast. I hope you'll join me for that today at 1 p.m. Other than that, I kind of saw, I feel like I uh, shot my load here today. Not much else to say. Should I take the number down? Nobody's going to call it. The number is there. It should you be so inclined to call and we might hear your uh, your voice instead of just seeing you in the chat rooms. What's going on with this? Uh, what is this? Uh, Picardo. I should go there right now and see what we look at. Picardo.com. Is it Picardo.com? What the fuck are we doing there? Is is there a chat room there? Uh, Picardo, the world's best creative lot streaming service. Excuse me, live streaming service. Uh, I'm logged in. No. Come on. I'm Doug TV. Blah, blah, blah. I'm logged in. Where am I now? I don't see me. Feed streams. Uh, it says I'm streaming there live now, but where the hell am I? I don't know. This is a very it's a, it's more uh, gaming looking than Twitch. I shouldn't be on the these these uh, platforms. I don't even know what category I'm in here. Creative education, furry. Furry is a fucking category on this site. A video, I guess it's people dressing up in fucking dog costumes, bear costumes, that kind of shit. That's what the furry people are. It's so fucking weird. I had the furry people, uh, a musician who's got a, a DJ who's got a huge furry following. It's a fucking sick world we live in, man. First of all, if you're dancing, going to a dance club, it's gonna be hot. Gonna be hot. And in, in a, uh, <laughs> I'm done looking for myself. I'm told I'm on Picardo. It says you are live on Picardo, and I see there's like 18 people there uh, who are tuned into the stream. Probably not listening. Probably playing a game or something while you're doing it. If you're there and you have any way to communicate with me, tell me what the fuck that's all about because I'm still trying to figure it out. I don't know how we got there. I don't know why we're there. I know I'm not going to be uh, paying for storage there, to store videos there. I mean, I'm on Utreon. <laughs> Dead storing my videos. Utreon. I don't know what we're doing there either. Um, we're on a lot of platforms, but the furry stuff... Imagine going, I'm going to go to a dance club where it's going to be hot, sweaty to begin with, even if I were in a short sleeve shirt and my BVDs, my tidy whities I would be sweating on the dance floor in, those, in some of these clubs in the middle of winter. So imagine in the summertime when it's 90 degrees out, putting on your bear costume on top of your clothes and going to a dance club. It's got to stink. The furry, <laughs> the furry community has to stink. This is my uh, premise that I just came up with. Uh, you gonna argue with me about that? I don't think so. I mean, really? Uh, can I be wrong? Could I be wrong? Of course, I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. 
I think if you're dressed up in a bear costume, dancing on a hot dance floor, crammed in. Listen, I, I've worn costumes like that in my life. What the, what was I? It was something uh, when I was a young man and uh, trying to supplement my income in between gigs. I, I might have been an Easter Bunny or something like that in one of those outfits, but it was suffocatingly hot. Can't imagine these furries going to a dance floor, and because you've seen those raves or whatever they're calling them now, where the DJs just have packed rooms of people dancing. I mean, like sardines, and I guess furries is a big thing for that crowd. Uh, definitely is for um, I can't remember the guy's name, but he was um, he was a bird man. <laughs> <coughs> Avian, I believe that was his name, Avian. Uh, and he was a, a Birdman DJ. Very popular in the Seattle area. Very, very popular. De doing very well. And has a huge following. With a big old bird costume on, which has got to be hard to do the DJ stuff. Be, uh, you know, besides being in a room full of smelly, furry people. Again. Asteroid, come hit, come hit me. I'm here. I know you didn't enjoy this program today, and I apologize for that. I uh, did my best to try to be entertaining. Of course, uh, my best isn't good enough. I guess, but I guess my best wasn't good enough. Here we are back where we were before. Seems nothing ever changes. We're back to being strangers. Nobody ever told him he can't sing. Yeah, he, what? You're going to be singing tonight? That? No, I'm not that. I'll be doing jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way with a mask on. Let me try. I don't have a mask. That's what I'll be doing tonight. Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer with a mask on. I'm dreaming a white b -b 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 Christmas. That's what I'll be doing tonight. How do I say yes to this shit? What is wrong with me? Could have just said no. Could have just said no. Yeah, Thursday night, going out there and put it, singing Christmas songs. I, I hate fucking Christmas songs. Tell myself it won't be as bad as I'm imagining it. I will just imagine Carl, while I'm singing Christmas songs, this is how I'm going to get through the gig tonight. I'm going to be picturing Carl sitting on the floor around Grandpa, marshmallows, dick in hand, and listening to stories about the old porn theaters as, as Grandpa um, shoots his load into the fire <laughs> uh, that's how I will get through my singing Christmas carols for the old people tonight tomorrow I think you should join me at 1 o'clock tomorrow the God guy let's get a picture of the God guy if we got a picture of the God guy let's get a picture of the God guy in here uh, pull it up in preview 
Oh, it's a small picture, God guy. Um, Dave Turner. Oh man, this guy is fucking easy topped out as can be. Um, window, God guy. Yeah, this guy is going to be with me tomorrow at one p.m. and he's going to talk about the proof of uh, God, Israel being a proof of God. That's what we're going to be talking about tomorrow. And so he gave me a a list of points that he will be making about how Israel. And I don't want to. I don't want to be spoiled here. I think you should join in because. People are, are, like, turned off by the subject. Ah, another believer in, yeah, I don't know. These religious nuts are ruining the world. I'm getting a lot of that feedback. But here's the thing. You know it's interactive. And this is your chance, if you are so inclined, to state your ask questions of this guy, serious questions that come to you about um, the stuff he will be offering, the information he will be offering, the opinions, um, conjecture that he has about proof of God. Again, I'm going to ask him to define God right right from the beginning, and I'm not sure he's going to give me, I mean, who could give me a satisfactory definition of God that covers any possible definition or concept of what God may be? He's going to give me the Christian God. I want to hear him say, I want to hear him say that it's an old man in the in the clouds with the big white beard and the finger coming down to touch Michelangelo somehow. I don't know. Um, and that uh, this old man in the clouds that he's going to prove to me exists because Israel exists, that this guy is... Um, it doesn't sound like the kind of God I would want to worship, to be honest with you. This guy who is omnipotent, all-powerful, vengeful. If you cross him, he will fuck with you hard. Send locusts and, tor- and earthquakes and fire and brimstone and all that kind of stuff. If you don't please him. But he's also a little insecure, and he needs me to constantly praise him. And if not... And he's, let's be sure, clear here. He loves me. He loves me completely. Uh, unconditional love for me. But he's also willing to send me to a fiery pit for eternity if I uh, don't do what he says or fail to say how wonderful he is all day long to everybody or tell everybody else they must believe in him. I want to hear him explain to me about that. And I would think atheists would be turned on by the fact that they have a chance in a interactive chat to air some of their grievances or ask questions of a guy like this. And because he's going to be alone. <laughs> I mean, I hate to put, put it in, in this context, but he's going to be fighting his battle on his own. And, and the idea that... He, you know, if you if you're a non-believer, you might want to question him. I know I'm going to be playing the role of the devil's advocate. Ooh. I'm not an advocate for the devil. I don't like the devil, uh, but I'm going to be playing devil advocate for sure. Uh, I I need to question him. What good would the show be? If, certainly, if I'm just going to agree with him on everything, he said, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." But using the 
the book and what it says about Israel as proof that God exists. Who wrote the book? Who wrote the book? I wonder, wonder, oh, but under who? Who wrote the book of love? Um, you, <laughs> I will be more prepared to, to have something tomorrow. So I'm going to ask him about um, his claims that Israel uh, is proof of God. Ask him to define God. Give me, and, and then ask him if he gives me that definition that I'm expecting to hear. Why? Why do you love, because it's like describe, uh, I'm going to describe somebody to you. Um, angry, angry old man who will fuck you up if you don't do exactly as he wants you to do. He will fuck you up. Fuck you up worse than you can imagine if you don't do what he wants to do, wants you to do. And uh, he will, requires you to praise him all day long. Sound like a guy you want to um, worship? Sound like, sound like um, so I need to hear this description from this guy. I mean, define it. Define God. And then let's get down to the nitty-gritty of who... Who you think he is and, and what makes him tick and why, why would I want to worship somebody who's going to fucking send me to hell if I make a mistake? <laughs> oh, he's all forgiving, except, except if I don't do exactly as I'm supposed to do, then fiery pit for eternity. We'll find out tomorrow at 1 o'clock. I hope you'll join me. I hope you'll join in the conversation. I hope you'll have something to say. I know most people are working at 1 p.m. Eastern time. But if you're not, and or even if you are and you want to cheat the boss out of some time and can put it on and somehow and uh, interact and be part of the conversation. That's what it's all about, being part of the conversation. It's not, you know, obviously today is a perfect example of just me talking is a very lame show. <laughs> It requires interaction. That's the only thing that makes this platform unique or worthwhile in any way is the ability for you people, the ones who are smarter than me, the ones who are uh, have different opinions than I do and different outlooks and perspectives on things, it's a chance for you to get involved and um, share your opinions, ask your tough questions, what what bothers you about these? Uh, so I'm hoping you all will tune in then. Uh, Carl and his granddad will be here with me. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to get that picture out of my head now. Uh, all day long. Young Carl sitting around the campfire or, or the living room fireplace. Granddad reminiscing about the old good day, good old days of porn. When men were men, and jizz was jizz. <laughs> I haven't said anything about the jizzy throw. I haven't heard anything, and uh, I I should do some investigation. I gotta. I know the defense called or, or submitted 
before I go, I'll talk quickly about this, submitted a, a list of potential witnesses, like 48 of them. So this trial could go on for a couple more weeks now as a defense. Is just, what could the, the defense be? I, I think her brother, um, whatever his first name is, Maxwell, <laughs> is going to be taking a stand in her defense. What could he possibly say? Um, Epstein forced her to do it. She she was like a uh, a a unwilling member of the cult. She was under duress. That's the only possible defense I can imagine them offering at this point, because the evidence of her having sex with these young girls and being participating in it, and you know the whole grooming stuff, pretty cut, you know, open and shut case as far as that goes. So I'm really curious to see what the defense might be. Anyway, I've killed the two hours here. Two hours have gone. Two hours have come and gone. Now it's all for me to prepare for the 1 p.m. show. I hope you will join me uh, later today, and then I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for coming. Have a great day. Bye for now. That's the wrong fucking way out of here.
listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. 